What's up, my fellow lionesses and lions? Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast. We are here to disrupt the mainstream narrative when it comes to health, holism, and human consciousness. We are here to share bold truths about health and life from a female perspective. This episode is brought to you by our team, Inspire Co., where we stand for your health being inspired by choice rather than being inhibited by chance. Thank you for being here and joining in on these raw, real, and powerful conversations. We hope our show brings you inspiration and empowerment to overcome challenges, reclaim your life, and ultimately pursue your mission with power, purpose, and play. Now, let's get into the episode. God. No. Welcome back, y'all. Hello. What's up? <laughs> this is Hi. the Project Lioness podcast. Don't know what what we'll keep in in the None of intro. That. Nope. That cannot Maybe be in some there. Of, some of it. Just the golden showers. Yeah, just just golden showers with no context. You, yeah, we could keep in the fact that I don't like showers. I don't like baby, baby showers. showers. Yeah. I don't like bridal showers, and I don't like golden showers. If you heard the last episode, you know that Jess is getting married. Whoop, whoop, whoop. To Mel's brother. That's right. Hey. And she's not a fan of the, you know, bridal shower <laughs> engagement party or, you know, any of that stuff. Nope. Which is good. It's good to know that about yourself and not I, just yeah. like, you know. I think I've stopped performing in all areas of my life and really started living. And like when I'm going into this marriage thing, it's already so like culturized, right? Like yeah, the 100%. wedding industry is ridiculous. It's insane. Oh, dude. It makes so much so money. So much money. So much fucking money. And I don't want that to be my reality. Yes, I do want a beautiful dress and like like boho hair because that's my style sure. and I'm going to be celebrating. But like I don't want to do anything performative. Mm-hmm. And I think this will lead really well into our episode. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because... In telling people this, there's been like a what? Like you yeah. don't want you didn't all get married like I did. Yeah, yeah. Or like you're not going to engage in these like cult like cultural traditions. Five thousand dollars on flowers? No, I don't want to spend any money on flowers. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to put daisies that I pick from my parents' field in my hair. You and yeah. I are, yeah. are on board with this. I I baked my own cupcakes for yeah. my wedding. My mom made the food, and I got married at my brother's house. I yeah. spent 600 bucks on a dress because that's what I wanted to do. That was, that was, that was my spend, right? Yeah. So otherwise, I got married at my brother's house with decorations I bought at Michael's and I baked my own cupcakes. Yeah, so that. throwing it out there. I am going to spend a lot of money on my dress. Which is what I, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it though, right? So it's like, it's not, again, if you threw a $20,000 wedding and you loved that and that's what mm-hmm. you always wanted, yep. right. I'm really happy if about that for values. you. But right. I didn't want to adhere to that because it wasn't in my values, right? Yep. Yeah. And so like, like I could throw a $20,000 wedding and not be performing because essentially I want my wedding to be like a fucking dance party. Yeah. Yes. yes. Let's go. <laughs> I can't wait. Why are you waiting so long? Let's I know. Do it tomorrow. Ask Michael. <laughs> if you are no. watching the video, the Pause. facial expression was great. We were all like, "Yeah, oh. he froze." Yeah. I no, think we like was, froze in the matrix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, it was it was a good discussion where we decided to wait that long. But yeah. um, in in deciding that, like, I'm not going to perform in any part of the next year and a half. Like, I'm literally just going to create this party the way that I want it to be in the celebration. People have been like 
what? Like, you don't want these things? And it's almost like um, they can't trust my opinion. They can't, yeah. they can't, it, they don't trust my opinion. They want to force their opinion over mine. And it's not out of anything malicious. It's out of love because I think that this is what people need in order to get married. But it almost feels like a cancellation of my needs. Yeah. Yes. I have felt that when that emerges in someone has uh you you notice they are visibly or audibly uncomfortable or they communicate it and they question your choices what i've found is that internally there's a part of them so we talk a lot about like parts work and wholeness is there's a part of them that's like wait she's doing that and that is there a part of me that i can like stretch into what i want and be okay with that. And maybe people don't agree. Like, I think that's like underneath that level of trust. There's also, well, what about for my life? Like right. you're yeah. almost illuminating a possibility for them that feels uncomfortable. Well, you absolutely right. are. It's like the concept of emergence. If you're not familiar yeah. with it, it's a, it's a fantastic thing emergence. that you should look into, but essentially that's what you're doing, right? right? By saying like, you can make a different choice. It's suddenly somebody has to grapple with the idea that either one, they didn't, and maybe they could have. So maybe there's like almost a sense yeah. of loss yes. there for themselves. Yes. And then the second bit would just be like somebody seeing it going, Oh shit! I can live a different way, yep. which is a which is a a mind fuck for anybody, and everybody has those moments. But it's a perfect transition into this episode on quote unquote cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you want do you want to do any intro business on that? Because I know we all have a lot yeah, to say. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna jam in this, and we're we're speaking about this not just from a place of potentially what you may perceive cancel culture to be on like yeah. social media or in the culture right now, but also as Jess is perfectly demonstrating in conversations and in interpersonal relationships where there can be this fear of if I say what I know to be true for myself, how is this going to land for the other person? And Ashley was saying that in the previous episode, like if I embody this and I wear certain things or I do certain things or create space and it's really aligned for me, how is this going to land? Because as human beings, like if you're not a sociopath, you do care about other people. Right. We right? have this whole thing about your social nervous system yeah, is a thing, like you right? Care. <laughs> and there's, there's a level of like, I care about your, your humanity and I know that you have opinions and you have beliefs and you have values that may different from mine. And that doesn't mean I don't care. It's just, I can't live through your lens. I can only live through my lens. And this is something uh, I have noticed more recently, especially in the last three years as, there, as a practitioner and a person who has opinions about you know, how I live my life from the health perspective. There have definitely been things that I feel like I cannot say in fear not as much anymore, but especially, you know, 2020, 2021, I felt like there were things I could not say without completely getting destroyed, um, you know, and, and ripped apart on social media. Sure. And I, I, I believe myself to be a very, a very balanced leader, a very balanced communicator. Can I get a little charged and polarized at times? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I feel like I try to take both sides and both perspectives, but it just has felt more sometimes like walking on eggshells that I've perceived which I think is calling me into like, okay, I need to be authentic. I want to be authentic. And if I step in an eggshell and I crack it, I'm sorry. And I'm going to move forward. Right. So that's where this conversation has emerged is like, 
in many different forms that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's great. Like you were saying, it's not just the social media aspect. It's not just the big decisions that are super polarizing mm -hmm. that are separating people. Although I'm certain we'll touch on those. Like, I think similar to like your wedding planning, like I don't want kids and I have known for a long time that I don't want kids as a woman. That is a thing that people are like, when you get older, when you get older, you'll figure Tell out that you want kids, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, oh my God, what are you going to do when you are older? Who's going to take care of you? Which I'm just going to personally say out loud right now, I think is not a good reason to have children. Personally, I don't think <laughs> that's a good reason to have kids. The um, ground is going to take care of me because I'm going to die. Exactly. And that's why you'll bury me. Like, whatever. I'm going to burst you know, some children so they can wipe my ass. 100%, right? Like, but I had a lot of, I, I, I have a lot of, especially depending on who I'm talking to, I might still have a lot of fear around just having that decision. It's like yeah. we see a lot of new moms in the office. And so when they're asking me like, oh, when are, that's another thing people love to do. When are you and your husband having kids? Mm -hmm. So now I have an awkward thing yeah. where I pause and I'm like, you have this beautiful baby and I'm so happy for you and your beautiful baby. And now I'm going to come in and rain on your parade with my, like, I don't want to put anything in my body conversation. Like crotch so goblins it, don't belong in my crotch. Right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? Like, so there's this idea that's like, Jeez. oh shit, I don't want somebody to think that I don't, like their life choices. Right. So, and then as much as I want my life choices to also be validated. So that's mm -hmm. a big one for me. Like I know I feel in my soul, my husband is 10 years older than me. You know, like we, we just, we know that that's not what's in our future. Mm -hmm. And so as much as I feel confident in that, I also get scared because there's a lot of judgment there. I've, I've been told flat out that I'm giving away the most beautiful experience I can ever have as a woman. I'm mm. essentially saying I'm I'm less woman than someone else who's had a kid, which is difficult, right? Because then you start questioning your own certainty, right? I'm like, fuck, I'm pretty sure I'm a woman. Like, I, I feel like I know that. But yeah. now I'm like, well, am I less of a woman? So there's nope. this idea of being kind of looked at a certain way mm -hmm. that's made me hesitate. So now I have, I have in the past caught myself kind of censoring myself yep. and saying lighter versions of, Oh no, not right now. We don't have any kids. Maybe later, even though mm -hmm. I know that's not true. I find myself kind of acquiescing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's a hard thing to to step sure. into. And when you acquiesce, when you say things like maybe later, like you're putting that energy out there a little bit and you, that's not something that you want for yourself. Exactly. And then I'm yeah. like inside terrified, like don't listen to that body. We didn't mean it. <laughs> and also like, I'm not saying this is, is true for you. And if there's a moment where all of a sudden you get the download that there's a soul trying to reincarnate in you and you feel really, really aligned with it, guess what? any new information and wisdom you gain in life, you have the permission to change your fucking mind. Absolutely. And I think if it comes from me, it's very different than someone else saying, well, you'll feel differently later. Right. Just because their life experience, it's like like we were saying before, they can't understand because maybe they have all they've ever wanted to be was a mom. They've known yeah. that forever. Mm -hmm. And I've never had that experience, right? So of course I'm I'm open to whatever is in store in my future, but I, I feel very confident. I yeah. don't mm -hmm. want kids. Um, as much as I love kids, they're not, I don't want to be a mom. I've never had that maternal instinct. Right. So even saying that now for a bunch of people to hear is a little bit like, oh, people are going to think things about me. And there's that fear that's involved there. So when we talk about cancel culture, it's not always 
the obvious things mm-hmm. that we're thinking about. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as a conversation among friends and feeling like you don't fit in. So you, again, acquiesce, make something softer right. for someone else instead of stepping into what you truly believe. I just want to touch on one thing. You do have maternal instincts. I was just going to say, I was like, <laughs> you, you are mothering the in many most, ways. Yeah, you are one of the most maternal people. But just because you have that strong instinct doesn't mean you want to take on the responsibility or even like, like, almost an intrusion yes. like of another being Absolutely. to express that. But I, I've walked with you and my dog, my dad's dog before. And you were like, her paw is bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> Should we take her back? And I was like, nah, she's fine. And you're like, but I'm really worried. And I'm like, yeah, but like, like that's maternal. Right? Yeah. That's no, that's nurturing. true. I do have yeah. mega good mom energy yeah. over true. here. And that's very true. Yeah. And not to like get us sidetracked, but this is Project Lioness. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a very intense intro to this episode. I'm Jess. Oh, I'm Mel. I'm Dr. Ashley. Mel. Yeah, I guess we didn't do. She's Dr. We Mel. Dr. Mel. Sorry, I'm Dr. Mel. <laughs> like you know us, right? You know us. I'm Dr. Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was like. Well, we skipped that, but it's cool. They know who we are. Um, it's not cool with me. That's right. Well, and we were just talking to to piggyback of what you said, Ash. We were we were just talking before as our team, and even us us four and our grander team with Scott and Michael, we all have different beliefs and opinions and values. And there are times where we get into, uh, it's not like an argument, but we voice our beliefs and, and saying like, well, this is my point. This is my perspective. And you can sometimes feel some of like the intensity, but we stay in it because we know beneath all of the, the ego that creates beliefs and creates opinions beneath all that is community and love. And I have found that when you can stay in the conversation, even if it's like, I don't agree with this, I don't believe in it. There's obviously a threshold. Like if you feel you're being verbally attacked, you feel that there's a level of abuse or maybe um, like a siloing happening or a, a what is it? Um, not, it's not, is it bypassing? Yeah, bypassing. Yeah. If there's a level of bypassing or gaslighting. Gaslighting. You know, or even yeah. if like you're starting to feel like I can't be receptive to this yes. anymore. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like then that would warrant perhaps taking a step back. But I have found when you can be in a loving community and a loving conversation and be okay to disagree and hear each other out, that creates so much growth. It becomes less of a debate and more of a dialect. Yeah. Where it's like what are your opinions on this? Like, and all of that is based on lived experience. Yeah. And you we, know? and we need to be challenged. We need opposition in our beliefs because that's how we continue to grow and evolve and stay right. humble. And yeah. Right. And yeah, stay humble, but also like, and th- I think this is why it's really important that we're talking about this is there is less of a tolerance for other people's differentiating beliefs than there has ever been before. Absolutely. And we're more like, divisive now than we yeah. ever have been. And, and it's just like, you know, this is something I say over and over because it's present in like everything that we deal with, but we have less of a pain and discomfort tolerance than we've ever had before because of like mm-hmm. immediate gratification, um, the dopamine fast food, yeah, dopamine, exactly. Yep. So being in conversations like this can feel really uncomfortable for your nervous Hell system yeah. and we're not used to that discomfort. So we're quick to withdraw. Um, and like they just did a poll on Yahoo or something like that, like, how many friends do you have outside of your own political party? Yeah. Dude, and we're real, not going to get political, too political here. But um, but 
in like 20, 10 years ago, there were people who had friends from all different type of political parties. And yep. in this U- Yahoo, I think it was, or Rutgers or something <laughs> like that, they were talking about how uh, most people said like they don't have friends out of the, or it w- they would be challenged by having friends mm-hmm. outside yes. of their own political party. And it's like, don't you want to know the contrasting views of other people? Yeah, I might not agree with what you're saying. I might feel very uncomfortable and challenged by it. But to hear your perspective, I might not even in the moment be able to be like, yes, you're right. But later I'm going to think about it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I, yeah. I talk about that a lot. And also, even if you're not motivated to know the other side's stance mm-hmm. on things what you can be motivated by is this understanding that you're all human beings on the planet hopefully working towards a similar goal of continuing to allow the planet to have human beings on the planet right like right. no matter what we all have a, a, a root connection of being human humans. So even if we're not interested, if you know, I'm firm in my beliefs and this is where I fall, I'm happy that you're a convicted person. It's hard to be that way, frankly. Mm -hmm. But if you aren't motivated to know the other side, that's fine. But does that mean that the other side truly has nothing to offer you just because your say political beliefs don't align? There are, we are more than what we identify with politically. We are so much more than what we identify with our health choices or Mm -hmm. anything, anything that you think that you're like, I can only see one perspective. We're more, we're multifaceted humans, right? We have so many dimensions. And the, sorry, no, (laughs) The, the majority of time, it can be really hard to discern that at the end of the day, both sides are just operating from like love. Absolutely. And, and it's like, you know, I don't see it that way, but at the end, do you think they're a bad person trying to do bad things to their community? No, they're just operating from love in the way that they perceive it. Absolutely. Everything is about perception. The only reality is perception. So like what is really reality? And there is a difference between belief, which I just looked up the definition for my class because sometimes you think you have a belief, but then you have to ask where did that belief come from? And oftentimes it's passed down and you haven't questioned it. Versus perception is a continuous evolution of sensory information and processing it and being willing to evolve and change your mind versus a belief is very like, this is what I believe and I stand on it. And it's like very concrete versus perception is, you know, able to flow. It's more fluid. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at it in like a more global sense too, there's always trends that occur within societies. So (laughs) have you guys read like the pendulum? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, uh, right now we're in, I think we're coming out of the downswing of a we movement. So there is no individualized sort of thinking. It's just moving towards like a we collective. Right. So it's like recognizing, yes, we're in this current state of, you know, polarizing opinions because there's so many more we sort of concepts floating around and less of the individualized, but that's also going to change and like inviting that change into society. And that's just how the pendulum swings. Absolutely. I think it's also exacerbated by, by social media, right? Like we said, we were talking about this. So people are, I don't know if you guys have heard the term keyboard warrior before, (laughs) but I have, you know, like I, I did, if you don't know, I grew up mega nerdy. All of my friends were online. I met my husband online. I played all the nerd video games. So all of my communication was behind a keyboard. You learn really quickly that people will behave in a way hiding behind a screen that they would never behave in real life face to face with another human. Um, And so this creates this kind of 
I, vicious cycle of sorts where people say things like, well, I don't agree with this person. So now I'm going to come at them in a way I would never do if I was talking to them at a diner at lunch. If you, if Jess, if you <laughs> and I sat down and we're eating and you shared something with me that I didn't agree with, the chances of me like spewing a bunch of hate speech at you in that moment are like 0.01%, yeah. right? Like, Not but if zero, I was, you know, right, exactly. <laughs> but if you were... If, if we were, I mean, again, I wouldn't do this, but let's for hypotheticals say, if I were having the same conversation on social media, I'm going to feel more empowered now mm. behind a screen to really come at you and really put up a divider and say, this is who you are. This is who I am. You're wrong. I'm right. Because yeah. it's so much easier to create that from the anonymity, even though social media is not anonymous most times, but it still feels that way, right? Because nobody's sitting there. You don't have to see someone's physical facial like response to you insulting them or spewing hatred at them or, um, you know, your unwillingness to hear somebody else's point of view. You're not met with that immediate feedback. So you can cross a line that you wouldn't normally be able to cross in person. And I, I was going to say from like a brain development state that is living at like the lowest level because you're just within self rather than with others. And then with like that emotional component as well, Mm -hmm. which develops with, you know, higher levels of brain development. Absolutely. And going off of that, it's like they might not function like that in their day to day life. However, that, the more they engage in that mm-hmm. in independently, the more they like reinforce that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is really important because people who do speak like this behind a computer and in person and get really in your face and aggressive, it was really important to remember that like we were talking about, they're coming from a place of fear right? Uh, that you might be threatening their perception on life. Absolutely. And so when you just as, going forward when you engage with somebody like this remember that you can't rationalize with fear no you have there is no rationalization no living in the lizard and know brain. that yeah. and, and <laughs> if you're thinking <laughs> something like well i i never do that you do yeah. we all do we, we all, all do all the things all the time in exactly. some form in your life exactly yeah. like and you if, always are playing out this night di- not always but you will play out the dynamic of sometimes you're a hero sometimes you're a victim sometimes you're a villain and the way that you actually come out of that Cartman's triangle is recognizing that you're all of it at certain parts. Exactly. And then you can be the observer of it. Right. So if you're kind of pointing the finger at whatever side, whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be politics, it can be whatever it might be. If you're pointing the finger at somebody with different beliefs than you or different behaviors than you and saying they're operating out of fear, aren't you kind of scared of how they're operating? Aren't you now operating out of fear because you're scared that what they're saying doesn't align with you? Like there's fear on both sides. Human beings all experience that. And I think you can also like recognize it like, okay, their response is out of fear and I'm not going to like internalize this. Absolutely. So like mature ways to like pull yourself out of that fear cycle, which can be really encapsulated. Capturing, encapsulating, encapsulating. There we go. (laughs) When you can connect, even if it's virtually, you know, if you can, and speaking to some of you who are entrepreneurs or maybe you're a chiropractor, you're someone who's facilitating work and you have a message to share with the world. And we were talking about this in the office. It's understanding that there is a human on the other side that's Mm -hmm. going to receive your message and it may land in certain parts. And I'm sure I've said things on this podcast or on my social media or emails where it doesn't land for people. And I have learned over the years that if I were to keep that in, I perceive it to be not only a disservice to me, 
but people who are ready for a different message and they're, they're ready to be open in a conversation with themselves or change their perception of their health, for example. So I'm curious, you all being facilitators in your own way, how you have found the ability to step into your authenticity and share a message while also navigating that edge of, well, I could get canceled here and honoring a human and I, I may, there may be some offense. So how have you all navigated that in like your personal professional lives? Yeah, I have a thought. Um, you have a what? I have a thought. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one way that I've really, when you write something, people are going to read it in the tone in their brain that they want to read it in. So one way that I've really kind of come back from uh, just posting things and writing things all the time is doing stories online so people can hear my tone of voice when I'm talking. Like when Mel and I are communicating about work stuff mm -hmm. and I'm like, I, I can't understand her tone. I will send her a voice message yeah. so that she has to voice message me back <laughs> so that I can interpret her tone and she can interpret mine. Tone matters. Tone right. matters. And that's, you know, why I use with like clients and stuff, I use voice messaging apps rather than like, um, texting all the time because I want them to understand that when I when I'm saying things that might sound outside of their comfort zone I'm not doing it with like judgment or anything like that so I'd invite people to step away from like the texting and, and like the text of everything and come back to use your actual literal voice because the, the text does not have the context it doesn't no boom wow <laughs> emojis yes did you see all like the sparkly emojis around Jess's head there? Yeah, that's a good point. I I mean, I, I just selfishly do it because it's way faster and easier. To <laughs> like, voice voice faster to you leave the message, yeah. not to the person listening to the yeah. four minute message. But I will Fair. say like sometimes you'll start messaging me and then if it seems like you and I aren't connecting in the messages, you'll voice message totally. me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and I think that that's an important thing to remember is that people are going to interpret your tone based on their like current mood, based on their beliefs. So um, when I do have to message people, I love using emojis. Like, yeah. smiley face. I also like, exclamation point the shit out of my text messages. Yeah. I'm like, I'm happy. I'm not angry at you. Yeah. Don't think I'm angry. Yeah, and I think that there's ways that you can convey your message through text that don't sound passive, that don't sound um, like you're giving your power over to them while still remaining like open and yeah. sweet and not sweet. You don't have to be sweet, but like open and considerate. Yeah. yeah. And a rewiring if you if you do need to be direct, which directness is very valuable, is asking yourself, what's the benefit to myself and to that person that I'm in dialogue with? What's the benefit of being direct? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, even if they take it, they're going to take it how they take it, right? And there's growth there. But asking, what's the benefit to that person? How yeah. is it going to serve them? How is it going to serve this relationship? And I also think writing I, that down. Like we keep kind of, walking around this idea that like we need to be concerned about how other people will take us. And I, I sort of want to like step back against that a little bit. Cause part of me thinks that's kind of the problem with cancel culture in the first place, right? Yeah. Is that you're concerned that people won't like what you have to say and what, are, what will the consequences of that be? Right. But at the end of the day, like that's true in every conversation you'll have in your life at every moment. Totally. Somebody may not like what you have to say, and it could be the simplest thing. It could be an uncharged thing. I don't like oat milk. 
Somebody out there is upset. You know, there's <laughs> right. like an oat yeah. farmer right now that's really mad at me. You know what I mean? Uh, like sure. it's, it could be the simplest thing. Yeah. So there's this idea, I guess, like it's so simple, but I, I try to remind myself of this mantra all the time. Like um, you can do anything you want as long as you're willing to accept the consequences. Mm-hmm. And essentially that's what cancel culture is sort of to me why I'm like, is it a quote unquote of course it's a real thing, but is it a real thing? Or are we stepping into our own fear by worrying? Like yeah. when you say we're walking on eggshells, are we walking on eggshells because, because we're scared? Because we're scared what might happen if we give our authentic self because somebody out there isn't going to like it. Right. True. And, but there's always going to be people that don't like it. Totally. And also cancel culture has been around long before social media, sure. like I- long before. And I think that I completely agree with that statement. And I would say that like when you're expressing this in person and people could see like, I'm not being aggressive, but like over text message or like over text, it can just be construed differently. And it's not like, I want you to like me. I just want you to understand that this is coming from a place of like love of, of who I am. True. And, um, and I think that's why messaging online stuff can be so dangerous to relationships. Absolutely. And it's not like, I want you to like me is I want you to understand where I'm coming from. For sure. Um, and I don't have to be apologetic, but I can still be considerate of that. You're not going to understand my tone in these messages unless I am. Like yeah. I think adding. in one-on-one yeah. communication, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Like yeah. When people are posting things on their yeah. pages or their mm-hmm. try, like, I think that the worry there comes from, okay, my 700 Facebook friends are going to read this. Oh yeah. What if 300 of them unfriend me, me? or what if one person <laughs> unfriends me, right? Like what if there's this idea, but you're right, direct conversation. Yeah. There's something to be said, like less worrying about if you like me, more worrying about, do you understand my message? And are you connecting with me? I mean, I right. would even go a step deeper with both. I, I also, you know, resonate with what you two are saying to go a step deeper is we as human beings are longing to connect. And it's interesting how we perceived in 2000 whenever Facebook came out, I don't know, 2008 or 2008, whatever. Maybe before like, then. Oh, we're going to get connected. But in that, in that virtual connection, oh. we also disconnected in different yes. ways. So <laughs> I think what we're longing for is yes, being understood, but even, even down to the somatic experience of, do you hear me? Mm-hmm. Are you igno- right. like, mm-hmm. I acknowledge you. I can literally be like, I, I've had clients message me. And I completely don't agree with what they say, or I don't, uh, it doesn't align with my values. And the way that I guess I'll share what's worked for me is being like, I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to be like, I understand because I might not understand, but being like, I get it. I see you. I hear you. Are you open to another perception? Mm -hmm. Um, That's how I have found like really breaking it down to, I see you, I hear you, Mm -hmm. I get it. I may not understand it. I get what you're saying. Are you open to another perception mm-hmm. rather than like, no. Mm-hmm. And I think deeply we want to be understood, but we also just want to be fucking connected. And in the, in connection, you can dance in the energy of disagreeance. Is that a word? Disagree. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm glad that you bring that Maybe. up. Cause like I had a beautiful example of like a back and forth, like miscommunication or like this person speaking from a place of like frustrating and stress because of other things happening in their life. And then I feel myself like boiling up and like getting defensive. And I'm like, you know what? 
no, now's not the time clearly to have this conversation. So I will say like, I hear you and I know that there's a lot going on. Let's circle back on this when we're both in like a more level headed state. Absolutely. And then they said, thank you. And I was like, great. <laughs> right. Less, and that's that a great was way. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Less in your brainstem and amygdala. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's important to feel that energy in conversations and online. It's important to feel that. And if it is one-on-one, you know, it's, it's okay to like pause, take a step back and create space. And I think even there's a fear sometimes in that of, but we need to resolve it now. Because right. there will be, an, and, and that's even more lizard brain thinking is mm-hmm. we need to resolve it now. Otherwise there won't be another moment. Like you're mm-hmm. collapsing time mm-hmm. versus allowing the spaciousness for people to process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I, I've done that too, where there's things that happen in the team dynamics where I'm like, oh, I know where I'm at. Like, this is my shit coming up. Yeah. Like this has nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. This is all about my shit. And I process it and connect to it. And then I can come from a place of, hey, I, I'm more clear, I'm more poised, I'm more balanced. I can see both sides versus feeling personalized about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think anytime we voice our own thoughts and opinions, we have like a, we, like we need to re, reaffirm that safety inside yeah. of us. So to have somebody else who you're talking to be able to do that for you and see you in that. I call it um, peanut butter jelly sandwiches with my clients. (laughs) I I will say like, I see you and I, and I teach them this with like communication and boundaries. I see you. Thank you for expressing that to me. This is my perspective and I'm glad that we can have this conversation. Thank you for holding this space for me. So it's like, you're, you know, it's, we don't want to baby people and be like, I need your opinion, but you want to, give it to them in a way that's going to allow their nervous system to feel safe and receptive to what you're saying. And I think that that's part of it is like, we don't need to be liked, but we do want to be able to create conversation in a way that keeps people open to our perceptions. Right. Well, while also accepting that not everybody has the awareness or their own, like the, the place that they're at in their journey isn't they're not quite ready for that. Yeah. Their nervous system maybe isn't in that state. And again, we all have that journey. We're all in vastly different parts of that journey. So being able to recognize that while you might be able to, like Aaron said, take a step back and say, now is not the time. Someone else may not have been able to receive that. Mm -hmm. Well, like your person was able to say, you know what? You're right. Thank you. Let's Mm -hmm. come back to this. Mm -hmm. Somebody else may have been like, no, fuck you, Aaron. (laughs) What the fuck is your problem? And recognizing that that's not a reflection of you. It's where they're at. And it's again, not a judgment at that person. It's just what they're capable of giving you in the moment is what you just got. Mm -hmm. And being able to understand that we all have those moments. So instead of looking at somebody with a sense of like, I did this better than they did because I have my shit together. (laughs) Yeah. Looking at it like, right, exactly. (laughs) Like instead of having it that way, recognizing like I had more space today than this person did. And I see that. And instead, I'm just going to, I'm going to allow myself to be what it is, which I think is another important part of recognizing, I think, what I, what I really feel about cancel culture in general, which is just when somebody comes back with a really strong reaction to anything, to anything, you have to recognize that their reaction is coming from a different place than you are on your journey. And is it worth it for you to use your very precious energy and resources to try to quote unquote convince somebody because I think we waste so much energy as a culture on you. We have to agree yeah, because we don't, we don't. And I think like, right. Like you brought up on the team, a, a really good point. We fall on a wide spectrum on the team. Like we do not, 
agree on all things. We, we do agree. get out after right. episodes. Yeah, obviously. Actually, we actually like yes. fight and we get out our energy. <laughs> no, we have, we have differing opinions on, on very many things. What's great though, is that, um, I, I, I literally, I, I feel like I should get this tattooed, but it wouldn't do it justice. Like <laughs> we are more alike than we are different. And I say that to this team all the time to kind of like deescalate if we're, if anybody's feeling attacked or not heard or not seen. But I, I really want to stress how fucking difficult it is to live in that. And that's mm-hmm. why we have a culture of people that's like, you know what? I am going to silo myself because it's easier yeah. to be around people who make you feel like I'm right. I'm valid. Right. So it's difficult to be next to somebody who's saying something that you're so fundamentally like, what? I don't think that that's not what I think. But then again, taking a step back and seeing them as a whole human, because we truly are more alike than we are different. And even if you don't agree with that, the beauty of this is, is that we've tried this whole us versus them shit for forever, for as long as I've been alive. I guess I shouldn't speak to longer than that. And it's done nothing for the growth of us as, as a species, as a human, as, as people who live on this planet. So it's like, why aren't we like, what's the harm in trying it a little bit differently? What's Mm -hmm. the harm in, in fact, all of my really, I can't think of a relationship that I have Maybe my dad and I are like exactly aligned. What up, dad? Like, what up, dad? <laughs> like, he and I have all the same kind of political beliefs. Like, you know, we we really, you know, like he's a union worker. Like, I was <laughs> raised by my dad, you yeah. know? So I have, I fall mostly on the same side of the issues as him. That's mm-hmm. probably my only relationship that that's true for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Scott and I are relatively similar you know, you and I are not, I don't think we probably ever voted the same in an election, frankly. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we've, maybe we have, who knows? Well, we don't need but, to get into Mel's voting. But uh, you know what I mean, right? Very, Let's not. It's yeah. very, it's very I, minimal, actually. That's okay. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't, we don't, we probably fall on opposite sides of, again, the same coin, though. Yeah. We're not so different that it's yeah. like we can't find any common ground, even though some of the things that we don't agree on would cause other people to be like, I'm not going to work for this lady, let alone Mm -hmm. talk to her. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a difference there. And what's so beautiful about that is I personally get to get a constant reminder that of what's really important and what's really important. Isn't the shit that we don't agree on. It's the shit that we do agree on. It's the stuff, the common ground you can find with your fellow person is what's actually important. That at the end of the day, it all comes from love. Absolutely. And and, and living your own truth, right? Your truth doesn't have to, to be the same as anybody else's yes well it's so frustrating because i feel like people want to put others into boxes mm. like, yes especially like political boxes like i'm a part of this party and i'm part of that party and then when you don't fit entirely into that box and people are like i don't understand you right <laughs> well, but i don't I think we're ever meant to fit into a box and that's the problem no. if you actually live to your true authenticity like maybe you align certain ways in like one direction and then certain ways in another direction and that's great mm-hmm. but you're going to piss people off who are like well you aren't truly this box mm-hmm. right this label and i'm like great we aren't supposed to be yeah. so right. get rid of that notion like we are supposed to be authentically us Right. To, to help people understand that perspective from a nervous system perspective, why do you think we like to put people in boxes? Because it's nice and tidy and organized and we can, you know, have safety around that. The brain that. doesn't have to use as much energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Yep. Yeah, cognitive, what is it? Cognitive fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, why not just yeah. put a label on it? 
same thing could go for diagnoses, yeah. right? Well, this is how I know you. Yeah. And multidimensionality is a higher brain way of processing, but it requires a lot more energy yeah. to use both sides of the brain. Mm -hmm. And so it can just be easier of like, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, yeah. you're a liberal, you're a fucking alien. Therefore, so if, if you're under that label, I'm an these alien are the characteristics drug. that you yeah. are going to embody. <laughs> so if you right. have really strong beliefs and you find yourself kind of unable to sit with other people's beliefs or even hear other people's beliefs, it might feel really empowering. Like I'm very secure in my stance and I right. have my beliefs and I've worked hard to build these beliefs. I know sometimes I feel challenged by this, but I would just ask you to question or like to explore your adaptability yeah. and what you're doing for your nervous system to make yourself more adaptable to even just being around and not even necessarily listening or taking in what other people are saying, but just to be like tolerant of being around right it. and importantly i don't think any of us is saying listen to other people so they can change your mind yeah. like we're not saying mm -hmm. have friends mm -hmm. with different opinions so you can be shifted like we don't want to advocate for group think or silos no. right mm -hmm. like this idea that we're saying when we're saying hey maybe be curious yeah. to exposing yourself to different relationships I, I like i said i'm advocating for you to find the fellow ground, um, common ground between mm -hmm. your fellow human. I'm not advocating that you say, well, I'm going to abandon my convictions because I've listened to someone else, totally. right? Like that's yeah. not, we don't want you all to, to, to start conversing and be like, well, everybody's the same now. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's the opposite. Outside of the labels, it's like, who's that human and like that soul sitting right. across from you and treat them as such. Right. Which is yeah. why, again, the keyboard warrior thing mm -hmm. comes into place. The more time you look at human beings through the lens of a screen or a keyboard, the easier it is to say, I'm nothing like them. Mm -hmm. They are nothing like me. We have nothing in common. And, and that's that's just yeah. not true. It dehumanized them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it'd be, I always say this, it'd be fun to, I, I don't know who I was sharing it with, but going to um, a pharmacology school and going into their lectures or going to a <laughs> medical school and just sitting in their lectures and just really taking it in and being like, what, what do you learn? Right. Cause we have to ask where do beliefs come from? Right. Mm -hmm. Is that belief even your own or has it just been injected into you from authority figures that you perceive you need to like be validated by potentially? Um, whether your authority figure is your parent or the president of the United States, right? It's, as Ashley was saying beautifully, have a filter on but also be open and say, okay, what? how does this land for me? Um, but sometimes I'm like, it'd be really interesting to go to that rally and then the next day go to that rally right. and just like experience what it's, I feel like every time, every episode I hit the microphone with my face, <laughs> but just to, just to experience the energy of what's happening with people's nervous systems and asking them like, why do you believe this? Like, tell me about your lived experience. Absolutely. Cause most of the time identifying with beliefs comes from a void that we experienced in the past. And so human beings naturally want to fill the void, whether your belief is about health or politics or anything in between. Um, so that was my thought on that is asking why, like continuously asking the derivatives of why I have and a, like where yeah, it comes from. Question. Yeah. I don't want to derail your train of thought though. I, I just have another strategy when you're in conversation from like a somatic nervous system perspective. So I won't forget okay. it. Um, tangent. So me. I guess this is kind, kind of similar, but like say you're somebody who wants to start exploring that. Do you suggest that they just go in and start 
doing that from the get-go like what 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 about the state of their nervous systems yeah no um if you're not regulated in your own constitution of biology meaning like you can breathe in intensity i you know if you're if you lean towards like extremely what someone would call liberal maybe don't go to like a trump rally right away um (laughs) same if you're like really conservative maybe don't right. go to pride yeah i don't right. know right um i'm I, i'm i've never done that i that was more of an imaginative kind yeah. of like thought i've had about experiencing i don't think i could have done that years ago because now i have so many different friends with so many different viewpoints that i've learned to stay open and spacious i mean even my husband have actually very different beliefs and opinions on things mm-hmm. and i have learned to love it because we really balance each other out and we right. stay in the openness and there are just things we have agreed to disagree on and i don't see it as a personal attack you know because beneath all of it is love so if you're going somewhere it's not to like be an asshole and and hurt people but I'm just talking about like the lived experience, but I can, I can be with a lot of variability because we have clients that are literally of all different spectrums. It's absolutely fucking beautiful. And I can see the beauty in each person and I can see the depths of their humanness beneath their beliefs, you know? But if you are curious and you do want to be like, what can you do right now? I feel like baby steps in your immediate relationships is where I would recommend starting, right? Do you have an uncle at Thanksgiving that you cannot stand (laughs) that you don't get along with? Like maybe just have a conversation with him without the judgment, without the thing. And just start small. Yeah. Right? And I yeah. would say start, start prepared. Yes. Like, so I'm going to engage in this thing. And right. after I engage in it, I'm going to ask myself these questions. Right. Like what positive things can I take from this interaction? Right. Mm-hmm. And and then that's the problem is like often after that, we're so triggered or like intense about it that it's hard for us to get out of the negative aspects and those negative aspects they roll like a snowball down the hill and become bigger and that's how we continue to like isolate and get into group think and we think and all that so like having preparedness before you go into a situation like that if you want to start exploring those edges is like create a list of three or four questions that Mm -hmm. you can reflect on after that might challenge your current perspective right and maybe the only positive thing that you walk away from something like that is that you're like you know what I'm firmer in my own beliefs than I thought that I was now Mm -hmm. and maybe that's the way that you walk away like you you now know more about yourself and what you believe from from hearing and really hearing another point of view like start but starting small I think is a good idea and starting prepared I love that right and And I Oh, uh, I was going to say like another preparedness is to have like a integration period afterwards too, whether that's going for a walk or just practicing breath work to bring more stability in your system. If that was like a triggering sort of conversation for you. Yeah. And I think going into it with the idea of like, I'm just going to discover how their perspective is a display of love in any kind, mm-hmm. right? Like, obviously, we don't think that the people we're going to engage with are genuinely evil right. or out to hurt people. So maybe just trying to discover where the love is or where the where the feelings are coming from rather than, like, demonizing their what they're saying. Yeah, right? defensiveness versus openness. You know, if you go into the conversation and, and feel like, well we disagree. And I put on this armor. That was what I was going to share. If you're going into these conversations, um, notice your somatic experience with it. Like if someone says, and this is something I've been really attuned to more and more and more is if someone says something 
or something happens externally, I'm really focusing on distilling down like the afferent information coming in, which nervous system afferent information is sensory information coming into the nervous system. I have my own sensory body experience of that. And I be with that for a moment and breathe into it and connect to it versus letting it come and run the program. And then I project out at them, which was my lived experience for a long time. Like I was so self-righteous in a lot of different ways growing up where it was like, this is my way or the highway. And so it would come out as anger or projection or defensiveness and almost like the achievement was in its own form of like, I'll fucking show you. Um, But I've learned through a lot of work, just like being with like, oh, how does that land in my body? Okay. There's a part of me that wants to become whole. And I think anytime there's like a quote unquote trigger, it's simply because there's a part of you that is longing for love. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with actually what they said, but really like your inner like relationship to yourself. So that's something that's helped me is find, let's say at a family gathering, um, I've learned, and I don't know if Jess has maybe seen this over the years, but I've learned to be less of like the communicator and kind of projecting my beliefs and thoughts and just more, <sighs> like in it like sometimes I'm, you drop those fiery comments and but I'm I will because <laughs> you know at the end of the day that's my nature right, and the right. end of the day that's yeah. me being my authentic self but I've learned to not withhold myself but stay in the realm of curiosity and then when it emerges and it feels authentic from a place of love and I don't you know I'm not attached to the outcome that's when it's expressed. Yeah. And I was going to say, because you practice that, so now that you're saying this, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. When she does drop that fire, because you do stay calm, and even when you drop that fire, you go right back into like self-regulating. Mm-hmm. Right. And because you do that, your family is less reactive Absolutely. to what you say and more responsive. Yeah. yeah. I so. think too, like if you're hearing this and going, I'm not sure I'm in a place where I could even have those kinds of conversations. I think it's important then, then don't. Right. But what you can still do is choose to have meaningful relationships with people that you don't agree with everything on. Right. That you can, I do this too. Like, um, my brother and I are completely opposite sides of the spectrum. I get really uncomfortable because I love my brother and he's not necessarily able to have a calm, open conversation about our differences. And I'm not, a confrontational human. I don't really want to yell at people. It's not what I'm about. So instead I I will ask, I'll say, you know what? I I call him Scooter. That's not his real name, but that's how I refer to him. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, you know what, Scooter? I I know what you're saying. I know we're not going to agree. I'd really rather just enjoy this time that we're together because we don't see each other a lot. Right. So I still want to maintain that relationship with my brother, but I don't need to have a conversation with him. That's going to leave both of us feeling dysregulated, leave both of us feeling uncomfortable or create more distance. Because again, I really get along with my brother and we have a lot of fun, similar interests, right? So it's nice to connect on those things. So if you're the, if you're hearing all this going, I don't really want to have those kinds of conversations. Like I don't think other people in my life or even myself is capable of having that kind of regulated response then don't, but maybe the challenge is to just have that relationship anyways with that Mm -hmm. person and just avoid those conversations, right? Like you don't have to have a triggering conversation with somebody. There's a million other things to talk about in the world Mm -hmm. than just the things that you don't agree on. Yeah. So I'm sure we all have that one person in our family though, who likes to be like the chaos and disruptor. Absolutely. Why are you talking about me like that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the balance of the universe. Mm -hmm. Like people constantly are, if they're addicted to peace, they will create chaos. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if you're addicted to chaos, I don't know. 
So how do we think we help people navigate those sort of situations where we're like that one person just always has to make everyone else upset because they know that no one else agrees yeah. with them. It, well, if you I, wanna, <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to go super Jedi on that, if you truly do look at the universe as one energetic unit and we are not separate from each other, as Ashley said, we're more alike than we are different. And you're getting this sensory input of like, eh, I would, I would, if I were to coach that situation, coach Mel would say, where are you doing the same thing in your life in another form? So you can own that and neutralize the charge and love them and watch the outer world change. Yeah. That's what I would say. I will do that. This is good. Cause I want to talk, <laughs> do a little just science, which is basic and sometimes wrong. So you guys can correct me. <laughs> on this here. But just science. Welcome just to just science. science. So, um, I loved what you were talking about with the somatics of it, right? Like if you feel like you can't engage with that, like tapping into your body because our brain is taking in like 2 million bits of information a second or more. Um, and, and all <laughs> of our, uh, all of our information is filtered then by our experiences, our brain chemistry and health and like uh, just, a lot of things. It's and your filtered. thalamus is yeah. the relay center from the somatic world to the perceptive world. So I'm trying to keep this simple so that everybody will understand what I'm talking what? about. You get a fuck ton of information and your brain is filtering it out based on your lived experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. True. And, and your current state of health. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to output that information through like a couple different things, but I don't remember them all right now. And, but the, the thing is, is like the brain might not be able to accurately break down what you're experiencing because of your internal biases. So like come back into your body. And I think that's one of the problems with cancel culture is people are so disconnected from their bodies. They're not processing how things are actually feeling. They're just going off of their own biases. Right. They're reacting to that initial hit of fear or anger. And often I like to say those are, um, those are like blanket emotions. They're underneath. There's things underneath anger yeah. and fear always. There's always, always something in your body mm-hmm. that you could be spending time with kind of looking at that isn't that initial reactionary defense right. of like fear or anger. Right. Yeah. So like a simple strategy for that um, would be like if you, if this is like being in my body, like, like I'm in my, I'm in my body, like, right. but are you in your body? At what capacity? Yeah. And I, so this is something that I like to do with my clients is instead of focusing on like parts of your body that don't feel good, I want you to like close your eyes, take a deep breath and scan from your head to your toes and say like, what parts of my body feel really good right now? Where does it feel good? Right yeah. And place your hand on that part. It's in my butt. All right, put your hands on your butt. <laughs> but like, pl- yeah, place your hands on a and somewhere that feels safe and secure and comfortable for yourself and focus on that energy and breathe into it. And then you'll start to recognize that maybe you are out of sync in certain places. And this is a way to connect with the positive things that are happening within your body. Yeah, that's very, uh, it's very reorganizational network of you. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. so that. often we can focus on the trigger and the trigger and the, the thing it makes me feel. And wholeness requires both sides. So if you're noticing like, eh, it's like, okay, where, where in that moment in the whole matrix of thyself, where are you resourced? And this is like big in the newer 
uh, trauma training is actually not hyper focusing on what's wrong, but actually starting to focus on where you are resourced because guess what? Those challenges and the uncle and the political shit is not going to go away. It's not going to go away. And if you're living in an illusion of like peace and love and butterflies and rainbows all the time and seeking happiness all the time, you'll be fucking depressed as fuck. This isn't about like being happy all the time. It's about being balanced. It's about being coherent. It's about being like poised and centered. And when you get pulled off center from that uncle in the conversation, how quickly can you reorient and say, okay, it's like the yin and the yang, right? Like this is here. Where is it here on the opposite side? And like hold that synchronicity and hold that energy as like one unit and be like, oh, this is like divinity right here. Is like, yeah. I can be fucking pissed and I can also be fucking in ecstasy and it's all fucking beautiful. Yeah. Okay, I'm off I, my I really, box. no, I love that. Like I do. I also think- I just like, downloaded that. <laughs> you can Tell. Amazing. <laughs> when when you brought it up, Aaron, though, I did have an immediate response that was like, it's also okay to set boundaries. It's yeah. also okay to say that I don't like again, as long as you're not looking at that person saying that is a worthless waste of space, because again, you're taking away from your own yeah. ability to grow, your yeah. own ability to move forward. But it's okay to say, like, I'm not going to go to family events where that person is because again, I don't feel like that person has my best interest in mind. I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's okay to set your own boundaries. So as much as as working on playing in the divinity and the anger and all of it at once is really important. It's also really important to recognize that you don't have to be you don't have to have a relationship with everyone just because, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's okay to set your boundaries to say, I don't really see the benefit of me spending additional time with this person or this community. Even maybe you're in a, a Facebook group or maybe you're in a community yeah. that just doesn't resonate with you. We can only really maintain, there's something called the Dunbar number which is the amount of relationships that you can actually meaningfully Mm. maintain. The number is about 150 for the average person. So if you're trying to maintain anything more than 150 meaningful relationships, it's not really possible Mm -hmm. for you to do that. So you have to be kind of picky and choosy about what we are and aren't giving yourselves to. So it's like, you don't have to tolerate either verbal abuse, for example, from a family member, just because you're trying to embody being able to be around discomfort. It is important to set boundaries for yourself and then find meaningful relationships. I guess I'm just advocating for those meaningful relationships not to be limited by people who only agree with everything you agree with. Absolutely. Yeah. And that being said, um, like I think establishing boundaries is incredibly important and it, it begins first by uh, self forgiveness and self acceptance that when for like reactivity, yeah, um, that when you start to engage in communication like this, you are going to be activated in it, especially if it's not something you've been exposing yourself to. So like, I'm really activated by this, and you react to it. the The goal of it would to be okay, be in the moment and let it be what it is, but later come back and like offer yourself that grace and that self-forgiveness because that's how you start to integrate it into your body is by first starting within. You can't just like become this person. You have to give yourself grace. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love that. Anything else, y'all? Love more people unconditionally. 
you have free speech, but like I said, you can do whatever you want. You just have to be willing to accept the consequences. Mm-hmm. And consequences aren't always bad. Sometimes you find a group of human beings who are wonderful that you align with on a lot of stuff and you get to grow and build things together. Other times people unfriend you on your social media, right? Like yeah. there's, there's, there's different consequences, but you really can. Like cancel culture isn't real in the sense that nobody's ever going to love everything that you have to say. Mm -hmm. And I I think the point I really want to say is, and also we really are more alike than we are different. And I know that that's easy to say out loud and harder to embody, but I've got big plans for the planet, guys, and I need us to love each other more <laughs> yeah. to get there. So, and you when, know. You, when you're saying you have big plans, your plans are going to come from your authentic self, and I think that's mm-hmm. really important to remember is that when you speak from your authenticity, people might disagree with you and right. delete you, and that's creating more space for people who want to support you to come in. Yes, you and just stole the thought right out of my head. Love I think it. I yeah. Boom, have, yeah. baby. Yeah. It. Yeah. Well, and that's support. Will people who. Uh, resonate with your mission will include both challenge and support. And it's important, I believe, to have people on your team in your vortex who challenge you from a place of love, not because they're trying to attack you, but love, as my mentor Martini says, love is a synthesis of complementary opposites, pain and pleasure, support and challenge. When you can be in that within a relationship and come back to like love which is the unity of all of it that is such a deeper relationship like hey I love you when you're fucking pissed I love you when you're this way I love you when you're this way like that's beautiful and there's a depth of a relationship there that is just like it's so much more than just surface level like I love you when you're like this oh but when you're like this I don't really love you it's like that is that really true love then well, right. and when you have like that love and the objections, the challenges that come with it, it helps you become more clear on what your mission and what your authenticity is because that person is kind of being a mirror back to you, reflecting maybe what you aren't clear on yet. Yeah. 100%. Truth. Mm-hmm. All right. It's beautiful. Great episode, y'all. This was love great. It. Well, this is Dr. Mel. Ashley. Dr. Aaron. And Jess. And this is the Project Lioness podcast where we are here to guide you in reclaiming your power, inspire you to pursue your purpose, and ultimately invite you to play all out in life. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Peace. (laughs) Thank you for joining the Project Lioness podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? Help us impact the lives of others by sharing this podcast with someone you know who would resonate and benefit from the Project Linus message. Excited to hear more? We invite you to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And we'd be so grateful for you to leave us a review about what you enjoy most, as well as what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for all of your support. Sincerely yours in power, purpose, and play. Dr. Mel with the Project Linus podcast. Keep rising, keep roaring, and keep inspiring.